Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm Maria Menunos, and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. What's up, Vagrant Queen fans, and welcome to the After Show. We're going to dive into Episode 6, Requiem for Republic. We have a special guest in the house. Welcome back, Isaac Tim Rosin. Yay! Hey, thanks so much for having me back, guys. Oh, we're excited to have you back and talk about this episode with man. Poor Isaac. But uh, before we get into that, my name is Terry Lane. I'm joined by my awesome co-host. James James? Maple. That's me. What's up, guys? How are you? Yay. And uh, we do have a live chat going. So if you're watching this live, please join us in the chat and we'll throw your questions over to Tim. And if you're watching it later, no problem at all. Please comment down below. All right. Overall thoughts, James, what did you think of this episode? Okay, so this episode, I think, was great. Um, it started off, I'll be very honest, it started off a little slow for me. I was initially like, oh, uh, come on, let's go. But it, it definitely fills in a lot of gaps. Um, the stars ad didn't know how powerful that was in the extent of, like, how the power is used. So that was a really cool revelation. And, um, of course, the man here himself, we learned a lot about Isaac. And I think I saw Isaac cry for maybe the first time this season. I don't know. But I thought that was pretty cool. Um, it was cool to see uh, that, like, human side of Isaac and really get a sense of, uh, like, how he felt about his family uh, back home. And, you know, the the, the meanness coming from Elite, Alita, too, was uh, was pretty jarring. So I thought that was pretty cool from this episode. Hmm. Meanness. We'll discuss on that. Yes. I, but good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a much darker episode. I liked it. Almost had a horror aspect to it. Mm-hmm. Like, the gore, the you know, creatures and being followed and everything. So I really dug it as a good episode six. Tim, how was this episode for you? This one, Isaac's had a like kind of 180 from a little more, you know, playful at the beginning. And now he's in this, he's in, he's in the corner, you know, his baby's been put in the corner. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, for me, five and six were kind of, uh, they were one episode. Um, mm. they were like a little mini movie in the middle of Vagrant Queen. It very much needed uh, part. It took a different turn than kind of where it had gone because, uh, you know, the show started with Isaac in hot water with Alita and then she forgave him. Don't forget he did shoot her and they had their whole past. And then as an audience, we forgive the guy and we say, okay, maybe the guy's not that bad. They're a team. They're a trio. Here comes a team. Here comes a trio. And then, you know, all of a sudden, wait a minute, this guy just backstabbed her again. So is this, is this, is this what this guy is? Is he a backstabber? Um, but for me, it was like, we filmed all that stuff on that in the, in the location out in the desert, which was super cool in those dunes. So it was really, ha- I was hard out there for a lot of people. I loved it. It was, it was just, it was one of my favorite locations, but things got hectic out there. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> but for me, five and six, they, you need them both because you get that backstory for Isaac. And I understand why he did what he did, you know, because I, I'm a dad now. You know, 
So it's crazy. Yeah. If, if I left, if I got sucked in through a vortex and ended up in another galaxy and I wanted to come back to my family, I'm going to do whatever I can to get back to my family. I get as an audience, we're going to be mad at the guy because we're rooting for this trio that we want to keep fighting, but he's a human being. He's the only human being on the show and it's his family. So yeah, he's going to do whatever he would. And I think most people would, but we forget that when we're watching a show and we get angry at him and rightfully so, because he did backstab Alita, who's been nothing but there for him uh, over and over again. So yeah, I don't know if she was per se mean as she was real and harsh with the guy. She had to be harsh, you know? Um, and I, and I unfortunately think she meant what she said and, uh, and I think that's why you saw Isaac cry for the first time. And I think now we see a transition of him finding maybe a new family. I don't know if that makes sense. I'm not saying he's ready to give up on his family back home. Who would be? But you could see how much it hurt him to know, okay, before I screwed up and I can make a joke about it. And, and he kind of made a joke about it. Even when he said, you know, you made me shoot you. He knew he didn't cross the line. Now he knows, and, it, and I think it upset him more than he thought it would. So I'm excited to see what happens and, uh, and where we go. Um, yeah. I would say slight devil's advocate for him, though. He did have good intentions, but Isaac is not always the most uh, well thought out on planning. So he's like, <laughs> sure, this will go fine. He doesn't think, oh, sure. We can trust Lazaro. So, you know, and we'll get to it, but he's the first person to finally be like, hey, maybe we should keep the whole of the ship closed. Whew, we'll talk about that because that was on a previous episode. I'm glad that came up again. <laughs> um, so at the beginning of the episode, also we kind of get interesting timing today for talking about it because it is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day. Uh, mm -hmm. So Alita is saying goodbye to her mother, essentially, by putting the necklace into the sand, which is sad. But I think it's good for her that she got a closure of like, okay, this is it. So you're not sitting around waiting, because um, that was rough. But seeing her be rocky with her friends, that was really hard. Even with Ame, she was a bit like, mm, not right now. You're like, okay. Like, mm -hmm. girl, you just need a hug. <laughs> uh, and then... James, what do you think when we get these new bug people things? I was ex so excited. That's been one of the, my um, like biggest loves of this show is uh, or, or the, uh, the the creativity when it comes to like creating other planets, other you know inhabitants of said planets. So I thought it was cool. I know we talked about this a couple episodes back. How we felt like there may have been some like, reusing of things and like some mm -hmm. of the alien inhabitants look similar. But I definitely uh, got the sense that they really like tried something completely different. This was a new take on um, anything we've seen in the past, and I dug the whole like. I, I love the, the, we talked about this last episode, Tim, the, uh, the Tremors reference, like the, the, the little um, worm things that kind of mm -hmm. popped in this episode very quickly. But the, the bug people are far more, I think they're called the uh, scarabins, are far more, um, uh, I guess they're far more civilized than I initially thought. Um, so that was pretty cool. That was one of the first like, few creatures that we've seen that has like a, uh, like a civilized kind of like jail cell. And I thought that was pretty cool as well. I thought that was very interesting. They had a jail cell. I'm like, wait, what? But, yeah. <laughs> uh, they were definitely cool. And then, Tim, I liked your moment with them when we see, I, I thought they were more like wasps 
And then mm-hmm. Isaac smacks one. And he's like, mosquitoes. I lived out on the plains. I know what to do with you. Yeah. Prairies. He's from, uh, prairies. He's from the prairies. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, Western Canada takes their prairies very, very seriously, guys. <laughs> and then we get um, Aliza and Isaac have their fight, which is like, oh, rough to watch. And yeah, when she says that brutal line that your wife Ooh. and child are better off without you. Ooh, she went mm. cold on that one but yeah James what do you think were you were you worried about our trio at this moment yeah th- I think that was a moment for me in the episode that I really felt that things were starting to unravel um I didn't I never really thought about this Tim until you mentioned a moment ago that these two episodes uh, five and six almost like a mini movie I really felt mm-hmm. like that um it was it was a sad moment because we uh, over the past in the beginning of this episode, the past five episodes, we had seen this new family build and these in the conflicts that they they confronted and like how they overcame the conflicts and how they really started to become own, their own nuclear family. So this was the first level of like, I think real contention where it was like, oh crap, like things may not continue the way that we thought they were. Um, I think given the whole being on Wicks uh, made me think that as well because we got to Wicks and like, Unfortunately, things weren't the way we thought they were when we when we got to that planet. So um, I thought it was a cool take, but I definitely was a little concerned about the fam bam. I was like, "It's going down!" Like she said some like hurtful, jabbing words. I was like, "Damn, Lita, I thought you had it in you." And then I, you know, it is just acting. But Tim, how is it for you when you're in those kind of scenes where you now have built up this relationship as a character and then as a fellow actor, and then to have your friend and fellow character be like saying hurtful things. Yeah, luckily I'm I'm pretty well practiced at that from uh, playing Doc Holiday on Winona Earp, uh, <laughs> acting yep. like Melanie Scofano and Doc Holiday seems to get himself in just uh, as many predicaments as Isaac in that sense. I, I feel like I'm I'm asking for forgiveness a lot in these characters that I play. I'm always <laughs> seem to be in a little bit of trouble. Uh, Adrian's a great actress, so you know I love those scenes dramas dramas i'm more comfortable doing drama than than comedy to be honest mm. uh, oddly enough a comedy's hard uh, it's really hard those beats and finding those those comedic timings and uh, to be funny without trying to be funny uh is is really key uh whereas drama guys let's we all got pain we all <laughs> go to when, when we when you want to you know where it is i know where mine is i can get it uh, but in, in a moment like that, I was just, those scripts are so good. And you, I was so in the stories, like between us, uh, I had gotten those scripts before we even started. I had read all 10 uh, because they were ready. Oh. Yeah. I read all of them except maybe the finale. Yeah. I didn't read the finale. Mm. Maybe not even nine, but I definitely read the first eight. Uh, eight did change, uh, which is, a, which is, which is fun. Eight's the one to look out for. But uh, I did. I read them all and I wrote Adrian before we started filming and I said, I'm so sorry. And she's like, sorry for what? What's the problem? And I'm like, I'm so sorry for what is going to happen midway. Through. Oh no. I apologize. <laughs> if you haven't gotten there yet. And she hadn't, she was on like episode three, uh, you know, because I like skim through all everything. Everyone else, these girls are awesome, man. They've got highlighters and they, you know. <laughs> so yeah. So I was apologizing way in advance. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know if it's the character or you as the person, but it is hard to be mad at Isaac. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, even though he's trying, it's just like 
there's people and there's characters where you're just like i don't care and like forget it they're awful but it's like you're just Oh, he's trying. I, I don't think he's. It's he, the man doesn't have a vindictive bone in his body. That's for sure. Yeah. He's, it's 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 not a, a place of maliciousness. He's just he's not the brightest guy. He's just he just doesn't. It, it's he's not uh, he's not a leader. You know, he's not the hero, guys. He's he's just yeah. not. He's not. Yeah. Uh, then when we have Ame and Winnie are left to stay on the ship because Alita and Isaac are going out their own ways to go get all the materials they need back for this ship. Um, I, James, what do you think of Winnie Bot's empathetic listening mode? I'm so glad you mentioned that because uh, ironically enough, I wrote down the exact same quote. So I, that <laughs> moment stood out to me as well. Um, it was cool. We talked about this previously, but uh, I think maybe even it was you, Tim, who mentioned this to us to look out for Winnie Bot. How, how this new robot may be part of the crew. So um, it's ironic that you came back on this episode because I felt like this episode really personified this robot. It like gave that one little little scene, I know it's kind of a tongue in cheek thing, but it really did give Winniebot this like human quality where you, I was like, oh goddamn, Winniebot is like, she, she always has the answers to mm-hmm. any of these planets inhabitants and how to combat them. It happened this episode and I believe it happened episode previously as well um it's it's so cool to see like this hunk of of wires and bolts evolve into this character that you like start to empathize with and you're like oh wow this like little robot has emotions and she's having a moment all those little moments we see between you know ame and alita and you and and alita it was cool to see one of those moments happen between a robot and uh, one of the trio and that, that being ame i thought that was a pretty cool scene yeah, plus I just, Isaac uh, oh. even hugs. Uh, he does. At one point, yeah, he was like, he's just like, he can't get love from anywhere, man. <laughs> but you know what? Winnebot doesn't judge. Now, Tim, what's it like for you? Of uh, you read the script, but like these aren't scenes you're in, and to see them when they're all done, to see Winniebot in action, and you know other effects in general too. Incredible, uh, incredible. It's uh, it's it, it's so. Funny you just said that too, because I was I was thinking about that Amay uh, Winnebot scene, just watching it. I, I messaged Alex after, and I said, "You're just so good, man. Amay is just, mm-hmm. gosh, you're so good." <laughs> and uh, look at look at Amay, even with all that stuff, and she's there when the two of them fight. And I love that Amay is there when they have that moment, and she's because I think for me it makes the whole moment so much more powerful because she's there, not judging, just mm-hmm. taking it in. And she feels for both of them, which is just a testament to a May, you know, mm-hmm. because she could she she understands everything, but doesn't say a word in that moment either, and just lets that moment play. Uh, yeah, I loved I love watching the show after. I love this. I've got a kick from watching this one from day one, just because I couldn't wait to see all this stuff, you know. <laughs> I couldn't wait. To oh, see for sure, that. I can't. I think that'd be such an incredible experience if you've read it and you know like where it's coming from and then to see it all done. Yeah. And this was my first time doing the prosthetics. You didn't see it so much in the episode, yeah, but I was like full fly. Yeah, so it mm. took about uh, five hours. So that was my 3.30 in the morning call time because the girls always had to go in an hour before me just for the years, mm. you know? Because like, again, I'm the only human. So, I mean, it's as the episodes go, you notice I got more and more scratches and yeah those scratches just aren't red paint like they literally got to stick those on and it's, mm-hmm. it takes time but uh yeah you know the girls got the ears and so this was my first time in like the full-on 
had to sit in a, I had to go to a different makeup trailer. <laughs> uh, speaking of scratches, I saw on your social media from last week, uh, I want to say it's two episodes ago. Did you actually fall in, act, in real blood or is that all that fake? No, that was all fake. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, yeah, I was, was like, wait a minute, I got a little worried. <laughs> no, no, no. That was all fake. The only injury I did have was cutting my finger off in episode eight. But when you'll get to it, you'll see it. And just know that I really did cut my finger and there's a big chunk of it that was missing. It was awesome. Yeah. Ow. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Look up for eight, guys. Eight. All right. That's we where all will. the action happens, apparently. Right. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, speaking of action, we have Alita's going out about one, she gets stung, she gets passed out, hallucinations, and then she's about to go off the cliff, but yay, Isaac saves her, but then they get attacked by the bugs. James, what do you think of this kind of sequence of events? Love it. Like, you, you think that things are, we're getting there, the team's gonna make it back to the ship. Of course, there's a mishap along the way. Um, mm -hmm. I thought this was cool. Uh, whatever Alita got stung by, I'd like some of that on Friday night, because that looked like a great <laughs> A great trip, I want to say. Um, the hangover looks pretty brutal, but I was gonna say, I'm like, <laughs> but um, it was it was cool too. I I, I love the the flashbacks of well, no, I guess they weren't flashbacks, more like hallucinations of that scene. Um, you we saw uh, Alita think that Isaac was one of the scarabines, uh, mm -hmm. half being uh, dying yeah. in front of her again. So that was an interesting thing to see. To see like the psyche of, of of Alita in that moment and to see that like paternal side of Isaac as he's like, I know you're tripping balls right now. I know you're going through it, but like I got you. Um one little I guess it was a comparison that I noticed. Have you guys have seen the movie uh Moon or Sunshine, Moon by Sam Rockwell or, mm -hmm. or Sunshine? I was picking up those vibes because those movies are very like space-driven movies, but they have like a psychological kind of tinge to them so as that was happening i remember in i think it was i think it was in moon i can't remember specifically but regardless there was there were scenes where the the main character it has these like realizations about life and it's 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 dabbled in like hallucination and i just get, was picking up those kind of vibes as i was watching that one scene in particular because we were really getting some insight into like you know the inner workings of elita's mind I want to know, uh, Tim, do you know for that, I don't know if you all had talked more on set, it does seem like it's kind of uh, releasing your inner fears, because James saying, I'm like, I don't know if that'd be a good trip, but maybe it just depends <laughs> where you are mentally at the time that you get the drug. Uh, is that something that was discussed at all, Tim, of like, or anybody go, hey, wait, what does it actually do? Uh, listen, uh, I'm not going to speak on people's, uh, I know what Alita's gone through. Let me say that mm -hmm. from age 17, I think I took, I got stung by that same bee, maybe voluntarily a couple of times, but, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think, uh, Adrian has tripped in balls in real life. So, uh, I, I, do you know know she was, I do know she was she, like the director and they were talking about which way to go with it. You don't want to be too much, mm. but you know, and you, don't forget that's testament to her acting because when we watch it on TV, yeah, you see half and you see, uh, Lazaro dresses Isaac, mm -hmm. and, but that's not how it was on the day. This was right. her lying in the sand with nobody above her, except just a giant cameraman and the director saying, half ah, is in front of you, telling you. <laughs> you know, react, but don't be too, you know, don't be, you know, so yeah, she just killed it. 
I can confirm that you are right in that, um, Tim. I saw an interview with uh, Adrian last week. She did like an inter uh, IG live, and she said, um, I think one of the questions pitched to her was, um, like, what's your favorite drink or something like that? And she mm -hmm. doesn't drink or smoke. Oh, they yeah, didn't yeah. know that about her. So, yeah, mm -hmm. you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. Well, then that's what the acting's for in the script, too. To exactly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that does not necessarily look like fun to me, but I, I do think it's probably <laughs> definitely affected by what state that person is and mentally at that time. So poor Alita is going through so much and that just kind of brings it all to the surface, which we do see later with her mom, which we'll get to that too. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so Tim, why does Isaac not use the flashlight when he's getting attacked by the bugs? Uh, I'm going to give him slight benefit of the doubt and think he forgot that he had it on him. Well, I mean, it's kind of like in episode four when he doesn't bring the whistle uh, that he should have. This is like just Isaac's M.O. But in, in <laughs> defense of this, who would think that the flashlight is going to, you know what I mean? Like when I see a spider in the middle of the night, I'm like, I'm not like, where's my flashlight? Right. Um, so it's but when the flashlight fell and then he realized that, oh, wow, these bugs hate the light. You know, I love that he had that moment of there will be light, and he was kind of like, yes. get out of here. That was cool. Yeah. Maybe that should be a WinniBots programming is when she is giving assistance, she needs to explain why. Because, yeah. yeah, you're like, oh, cool, a flashlight, but be like, by the way, it yeah. is essentially a weapon. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, he, he normally has a Lita. So you don't need a flashlight when you've got a Lita because I felt like she could yeah. bugs real quick. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, man, she, I do, I did really love the lighting on that scene too. Like the flashlights like coming out of his face and holding how it lit. Uh, how was that scene to shoot of essentially a little more over dramatic, but in a fun way for you, Tim? Uh, super cool. I mean, all the sets in, in South Africa are amazing. That one was mm -hmm. at the Cape Town Film Studios. Uh, so a lot of history there. A lot of shows have been filmed there. It was, it was really awesome. Uh, I mean, there's giant pirate ships in the parking lot that are Ooh. still there from old shows. Black Sails. Uh, like those pirate ships are in the parking lot where you set up base camp. And um, so this scene, we were actually stuck in like this, in this dark little corner. It was real dark. You're right. It was different than every other place we had been. And it was just uh, uh, Adrian and I in this dark little room and you couldn't even fit too much crew. So, um, mm. you know, it was just the, the, just us and the camera guy. And he wore it on like this. Uh, it's not a steady cam. Uh, yeah, it is a steady cam. So it's this different camera that the, the cameraman wears it. And he can control it. And only certain people can actually like master this thing. It's like, it's a next yeah. level kind of camera thing. So it was us in this weird kind of camera. It was real low. The whole thing felt weird. It was awesome. Well, it turned out awesome. I think the, yeah. this episode definitely had a nice stylistic uh, theme throughout. Yeah. Uh, we get, Alita's going to be fine. It's just a really bad trip. But man, her moment with her mom James, what do you think of that? Like, because also the mom, her mom at the end says you're free. So again, speaking to the inner workings of Alita's mind, is she free from her mother now? You know, I don't know. I I, I go through these like sine waves with Zevelyn. Like some episodes I think she's great and like a maternal figure and like it's Alita's mother. And then other episodes I'm like, is she evil? Like I, I can't quite... I can't quite like put my finger on like what it is about her that I, you know, she's nonconformist in that, in that sense. 
Um, I thought that scene was dark. I thought that scene, like, I, at first I didn't understand what the, the thing flying across the screen was. I'm like, is this a comet? Is this a bullet? Is what's, what's happening with this? Um, I thought that it was a pretty gruesome scene too, to be such a dramatic scene for that buildup. I felt like the first 80% of it was like drama, build, 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 and then got kind of gory towards the end. Um, in terms of Alita being free, I guess that's really up to her. Um, I want to say her mother is definitely, definitely has some influence on her decisions, I believe, like because of her matriculation, her growing up and being taught from her in half. But um, I want to believe that Alita will make that decision of freedom for herself, given her new, her whole new circle of friends or family, whatever, whatever we're creating moving forward, I believe it will be of her own will. But I definitely think that Zevelyn, obviously, given this scene in particular, has little like, milestones in her mind where it's like okay i'm still here i'm still here so hmm. i like your thinking uh, <laughs> we have ame where she's left alone but she does call her brother and lets him know what's going on needs to get going and i i really did like how he you know asked like why are you essentially helping these people and mm -hmm. it's essentially her loss makes it that she doesn't want anyone else to have to go through that loss too. So it makes her a much more empathetic individual, which is like, oh, like she's a sweetheart. Yeah. Which we've all know we all know. Uh what did you think of James when there's that moment there's a critter on the ship. I was like, oh, the hatch doors <laughs> are open again. Just that. That was my thought. Like what knowledge as as intelligent and as like smart and handy as Ame is, I'm like, girl, basics, close the damn door. What is wrong with you? Um, I thought it was funny. Uh, always a comical scene. I love how Winnie Bot came and saved the day yet yes. again with her uh, new talent, I guess she has. And I love the fact that it was just so comical that the, the voltage was such a low voltage that it had to keep happening for to keep this this scarab and subdued. I thought that was, yes. that was funny. Um, love the scene. And I love Isaac coming in and being like, girl, how many times did I tell you? close the damn door you letting bugs in what's good yes thank you because <laughs> tim i was so happy when isaac finally said it because it, when a previous episode we pointed out like that's how something got on the ship and so oh. finally i'm like yay a character said it <laughs> uh spoiler alert we don't learn <laughs> uh, figure, yeah. <laughs> well, all things considered, I guess Alita. Well, who's the last one out? It's one of those like, is it maybe the last person out has to shut up? Even Ame be like, come on, girl. But yeah. all right, good to know. <laughs> um, but I did like, I like this moment, and I'm wondering um, for you, Tim. Did you think about this? I like that Ame is no killer, and so she can't even mm -hmm. kill this thing on her ship that was about to kill her, and Isaac shoots it for her. Uh, was that something that occurred to you, Tim, or was that part of it as well of, like, Isaac not wanting Ame to kill, even if it is a attacker? <laughs> Uh, I think it's just uh, it's that's the human in him, you know, bugs. Mm. He's like, ugh, bugs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, he's kind of like, yeah, he talks tough sometimes, but uh, you know, I think if it, if it, you know, he's like, oh, the mosquitoes, I'm not scared, but no, he is, and he's just like, oh, bug, it's like a reflex, you know. Nice. Um, don't forget there was the, the other the other uh, 
the scene before where where Alita says, "Give me your gun." Like she literally, like straight up, mm-hmm. "Give me your gun." He's like, "Why?" And she's like, "Cause you can't shoot, buddy. I can get this done." And he's like, "Yeah, but I shot like those things." And she were like, "They were bugs." So I think like Isaac can <laughs> take care of bugs. So he can right. take, take care of the moments he knows he could take care of. Oh, the, the, so I guess this is the hierarchy. Please leave a comment down below your thoughts on this. We have the hierarchy of fighting. We got Lita, who will do the, probably the most damage. Isaac, who can take care of bugs, as you said. And then we have <laughs> Ame, who will talk her way out of a situation, which we've seen on a previous episode. Uh, well, we've seen her kick some butt, too, though. True, I mean, that, yes. She did use that board against that one poor guy. Mm-hmm. Like, she feels bad about having to whack people out. Mm-hmm. But uh, she could take care of business. Yeah. yeah, we I think we talked to Danishka a couple episodes ago, and her one of her favorite scenes was where Ame put that security guard's head. Yeah, in, yeah, uh, in oh yeah, <laughs> she like, can kick some butt. Yeah, but we do know she has a way with words, so she does have a way of getting out of situations and avoiding the problem in the first place. If you can talk to whatever it is that's attacking, you. <laughs> mm-hmm. doesn't work with bugs so well. All right, and so. I also the other nice la- one of the other last moments we get with Ame and Isaac when they're talking about rain and falling asleep to something and Alita mm-hmm. falling asleep to the ship rumble and yeah that's that moment um, you were saying Tim of uh, Isaac is possibly okay with not going home. Yeah, I think that that's that was the big thing for episode six. I mean, I think it took this realization for him to realize that uh, he might never get home again. And if mm-hmm. he doesn't, this might be his new family. And he realizes how much it means to him. And I don't think he wants to lose it now. So I think in that conversation, that's what it was. He's, he's, he's reminiscing of, you know, he had that same feeling of security or warmth or whatever it was, or longing or love. Um, he found it again. And he found it in his relationship with, with, with Alita. Um, and, and, I, and I think... Uh, Unfortunately, episode five had to happen uh, for us to get to where we're going to get to. Um, it's just, and I don't think she should. I don't think Alita's going to forgive as quickly as, or, you know what I mean? And, and she, she has every right not to. There's a lot going on in Alita's world. <laughs> so I think she wants some Alita time. Yeah. Ame points that out too. I like the moment where she says, okay, take time and patience. And then mm-hmm. Isaac doesn't. And she's like, what did you yeah. not understand about it takes time? Yeah. Um, we do have in the live chat, Adam Rodriguez says, you forgot about the robot can fight as well. Good point. Winniebot should also be on that hierarchy that she can do sure. some damage as well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Good point. Yes. Um, we also, the, so the last moment we have with our trio is we have Ame, Alita, and Isaac are on the pan- planet Krillo. And they are kind of, you know, I, your posture was so adorably sad. Like he's sitting on the side, like mm-hmm. <laughs> little sad puppy dog. Well, he feels but, bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they're kind of like, well, what do we do? Uh, I was a little bit worried that Alita's like, I'm done with all of you. Even Ame, like shutting that down. And wanting mm-hmm. to be by yourself, like, but no. James, what do you think of that scene? Um, sad scene, of course. Uh, I'm glad you pointed out um, Isaac, Tim, sitting in the and like I can see the scene in my head. I'm sitting in like at the bar in the corner by himself, like sipping yeah. on his on his meat martini. <laughs> 
Um, I thought that was like a sad scene. Um, it, 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 I thought, to be honest with you, I really thought that at the end where uh, Ame and Alita are sitting at that table and she was, she's, I, I forget what uh, Alita says, but she like kind of finalizes thing. I thought she was going to give Ame a kiss in that moment and be like, here's a goodbye kiss and move on. But yeah. it didn't happen. Um, so I was like a little like Ugh, about that. But overall, I mean, it, it was a sad moment because you like like I said earlier, I really thought that like the team was, the strands were falling off this fabric from the team. Like, you know, like, you know, what she said to Isaac earlier in the episode and then this, I just really thought that, you know, this trio that we've come to love in these past six episodes might not be the trio moving forward. But then again, we at the end where we go to see the ship, we have now a, a new solidifying goal i guess or something that connects us all i love the moment too before that happened where we see we keep talking about the humanity of isaac i love the moment that happened before then and uh ame's like no i'll i'll pay you i'll buy you guys out of the ship and isaac's like no like the ship is only worth half the amount of what you're pitching to me and he's like look I can, this is the new isaac i can be real i can be honest so i can appreciate that which makes me think that there is a glimmer of hope left for isaac and alita to re rekindle something because um, we're starting to see a new family man, Isaac, a new nurturing Isaac. So I'm hoping that Alita will see through his past BS and look at the new man before her. James, you got to start writing episodes, man. <laughs> uh, my, I love that you guys notice all this stuff, man. I got to tell you, it makes me so happy. Uh, the other thing that I love is, yeah, I was sitting there in the like sad sulking. And the, the funny thing is like this planet we're on now is the happy planet. It's like mm. the happy planet. That's like the people here are like, they're just on happy steroids all the time. Like we're heading into uh, the Sunshine Express. Like this is the next episode seven. It's just, we're on a happy planet, but things we're not going in as a happy group. So mm -hmm. it should be interesting. Mm, all right. yeah. Good to know plus, that. plus yeah. we did see the group you know Alita kind of said the group's breaking up you know like I'm leaving the, the band's breaking up guys like yeah. I'm out but then we end where okay well now we're all stuck together but you right. yep. up with us so it's gonna be it's gonna be awkward <laughs> it's like oh ship mm -hmm. uh <laughs> exactly <laughs> But yeah, so there are trios left there. So the other, uh, any other thoughts on the trio before we get to our next big character of this episode, James? Uh, no, I, again, I just, I, I, I love this evolution. Um, I, I, like I said a moment ago, I did think that think things were going to be over with the whole, but with the whole ship missing, I'm, I'm happy to know that there is something holding this, these trio together, even if it's begrudging, they all are still kind of connected to each other. Um, mm -hmm. I never really thought about the setting that you mentioned a moment ago, Tim, and that, like, I think, th isn't this the planet that Chaz mentioned to Ame? You said it's a the, tourist like, planet. Yeah, yeah. So um, I never really thought about that, that cool kind of contrast between it being like a touristy, lively, all different types of aliens, I was going to say racist, mm -hmm. but aliens, people, non-people, co-mingling together. I thought that was cool. So who knows what's going to happen with the next episode? So I am excited. Never really thought about that, Tim. Mm-hmm. So the other major character with our that's going on in this time is Lazaro. So don't mm -hmm. worry, y'all. We did not forget about that. 
Uh, yeah, the, I, learning that the mind control is absolute was so brutal. That first scene where he's making the doctor dig out his insides and not make noise. I was like, whoa. <laughs> like, I mean, we knew Lazaro was not a good dude, but damn, this is when you go. He's, he will do anything. And wow. Uh, Tim, what do you think of that? Of like, you know, you, your characters dealt with him. And then you as a person, when you're watching this, getting to see what Lazaro is capable of. Or yeah, at least La- episode six, all of Lazaro's stuff was insane. Mm-hmm. I was like, what show is this? <laughs> I was like, you know, uh, except, you know, when Paul and I had our stuff together uh, where he, you know, he beat the crap out of me. We spent a day together. Other than that, you know, those other scenes, Lazaro was, he was, he's doing stuff with, with the, the Admiralty and, and, and Reichel and all those people. So we don't, I don't see what they're doing. You know what I mean? When they're, they're filming their stuff, we're not around. So I have no idea what they're up to. When I saw The Last Supper and just did the mm-hmm. insanity, the brutality, the blood, the guts, I was like, whoa, this is nuts. Uh, yeah, it blew my mind. It was really awesome. Uh, it was, it was like, I was like, you go from like this, these heartfelt, look, quiet, tender moments to then just the Lazaro brutality. And he has so much fun in his evil. Yeah. It's crazy. That's what's creepy. He's a really good character. Paul plays him amazing because I, I, when he's on screen, I, I can't look anywhere else. I, I just, what is Lazaro going to do? This guy is nuts. Uh, and that scene was, was was nuts, man. I mean, maybe that's why we got moved to the later time because <laughs> who knows? That, that scene was crazy. I was not ready yeah. for that. For me as well, that scene really stood out. I, I was shocked that they chose that as the mannequin challenge scene of the episode. Mm. Um, I Because like all, like you said a moment ago, Tim, you know, you really get a sense of how like sinister Lazaro is like given mm. that scene in particular like like let's really think about it he didn't have to like control them all to tell them all he gave them all a, a weapon and told them to kill each other like he could have done it in a very like human like recuse yourself from the, from being an admiral or mm-hmm. I'm taking over you know he could have done any of these other options that were far less brutal but he chose to do it that way and then he stood there and watched them do it like mm-hmm. to me I'm like yo this man is a new level of crazy because again, there are so many other outlets for him to get to the same end, but the means that he chose were completely sinister. Mm-hmm. I was uh, just going to add too. It looks like the chat's going off on him as well. Uh, yes, there are, they are some fans, uh, though. J- uh, we have Miss Millie Gunn says, "Yay, Lazaro!" Uh, Barbie Evans says, "Lazaro's a complete psychopath." Um, <laughs> but also, Millie says, "Lazaro is awesome." Barbie says, "Great bad guy." Uh, er Grandpa says, "Lazarus, such such fun for a psychopathic narcissist." Uh, yeah, so I he's a very formidable bad guy, which is good because he's not boring, mm-hmm. and he has such a directive that he is trying to achieve that he does not care about anybody at all. Like the moment he was trying to get the information on the the device and he tells the one soldier like jump off the balcony just doesn't care like you're not helping me with this i don't need you around which mm-hmm. i feel he would start losing little foot soldiers if he kills people a little too <laughs> cavalierly like well i'm done and then be like oh no nobody's around to do my bidding uh yeah no that scene was absolutely brutal but i did love that that was our uh 
mannequin challenge. Uh, real quick, Tim, what has been your favorite mannequin challenge that we've seen thus far, or is it in the upcoming episodes? Uh, it's episode eight, guys. Look, uh, <laughs> I, 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 can, I can say this much without it being a spoiler. Episode eight is our homage to the, uh, the old movie Clue. So if, okay. oh, if, yeah, if, we yes, mentioned that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if yeah. nobody's ever yeah. seen Clue, eight is, is, is the Clue episode. It's, okay. and, and it's, you know, a lot happens in seven. And and, and, and and then so people are going to be like, we don't have time mm-hmm. for this clue episode, you understand? <laughs> but yeah. things are going to happen, and it'll be a real homage to clue. And uh, yeah, the mannequin challenge in that one's going to be awesome. Little Easter egg, um, Reichel, who got killed in in the Last Supper one, is also the same actor that plays Winnebot. That's it. Okay. Okay. So now look. A couple, I think it was, I don't know who it was. I don't know if it was you or if it was Jem, but they told us, we, you know, we do our special segment that we'll do this episode as well. The Winnie Who, Winnie What, where we spotlight one of the actors mm-hmm. under prosthetics. I think my, our second episode, we chose Robin Scott, who is Admiral Raquel, Raquel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I absolutely like loved her of all the Winnie Who, Winnie, Winnie What special segments we've done. She definitely is one of my favorites. And I think it was Jem who said, if you like her so much, look out for her in a future episode. She'll be playing another character, but it'll be very difficult to spot. So I think that was the answer. It wasn't. So look out for her because she's going to play another character and you won't even get it. But Easter egg, she might be Winnabot too. A quick comment from the chat that I want to know. One Doc Stash says, Lazaro does not give AF. True. Now, Tim, can you please speak to this? Um, Doc Stash says, I still can't believe Jem and company cut the Isaac shower scene <laughs> last meet. Wait, what? What is this possible scene we missed out on? There was there was no <laughs> Isaac shower scene that I was okay. aware of. <laughs> Maybe it's in the comment. Doc Stash, you're starting drama. Uh, no, that's okay. I was curious. I'm like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're like, did I miss a scene? <laughs> All right. Um, any other thoughts before we, James, before we get to our special segment? No, I'm all good. Got everything off my chest. All right. Uh, so we have our special segment, which is called, James? It's called Winnie Who, Winnie What? All right. So Winnie Who, Winnie What? We break down some special actors who are often underneath prosthetics or some type of mask to give them some spotlight. This week, we are going to be focusing on someone who has been in a lot of episodes who actually doesn't have a name. He is just known as the Lieutenant on the Thunderer. So he's the guy, I think he's like almost like a grayish blue color with like the dreads that kind of poke out everywhere. Mm. He's always mm-hmm. kind of right behind Lazaro's uh, like back left from our view. So his name, is, his name is Vaughn Lucas. He is another, of course, South African um, actor. Um, he is, you can follow him on Instagram and Twitter at the real Vaughn L. He is 6'3", so no wonder he was chosen to be a lieutenant and like be the bodyguard of Lazaro. Um, again, from, South, from Johannesburg, South Africa. He's a father of two boys. He's an actor, a writer, a director, a voice artist, and a shark conservationist. Hmm. Kind of weird talent. Didn't know he had that, nonetheless. He's appeared on many shows, uh, the TV series Shadow on Netflix in 2019. Homeland, he was on The Giver The Giver in 2014 with Meryl Streep. Um, he is also in a South African soap opera called 
7D land. I'm probably saying that wrong. It's in Afrikaans. So pardon me if I'm butchering that. Um, to kind of bring things full circle, we were talking about fatherhood and today being Mother's Day. It was very difficult to find any information on him, but I thought this was a pretty cool quote that I found in a podcast he did. He was talking about how he wanted to just bestow knowledge to his sons, to his sons, his two boys. He says, I want my boys to understand that a real man needs to be the first, needs to be first and foremost respectful of every single human being out there, irrelevant of their point of view, of their sexual orientation. That is something they have to give instantaneously. It's respect. So I thought that was a cool uh, quote, though it was only the one quote I could find. I think it's pretty applicable to, you know, the theme of our of our of our show here. And we were talking about Tim, you being a dad and today being Mother's Day. That was a cool thing to throw into the mix. I'm um, showing some love for the parents out there, including Mr. Vaughn Lucas. I really like his character. I've noticed him with Lazaro too. And I'm like, we don't really get much of him, but I'm like, yeah. but I like him. All right. Yeah, me so too. I, I never worked with him, but I noticed him every yeah. time too. And I was like, hey, oh, really? Damn good looking guy as an alien. Right? I was like, who's that guy? Uh, <laughs> all right. Got to give a uh, call back because I don't want to put them totally out to dry. Doc Sash says that back to the shower scene, that Jen said there was going to be one. She tweeted about it. And so Barbie Evans says, next season, we deserve it. So, all right, something to look, for. <laughs> something to look out for. Uh, all right, uh, thank you so much, Tim. Is there anything else you'd like to add real quick before we at, uh, wrap up? Uh, yeah, just get ready to uh, go aboard the Sunshine Express, guys. All right, all right. <laughs> We will also have a special sunshiny guest next week. You know, it's one of the people that's a main character. So you'll have to tune in for that. I mean, they're all awesome main characters, but tune in for that. We'll be tweeting about who our special guest is. And huge thank you and shout out to our special guest of the week this week. Tim, thank you so much for joining us and talking with us about this episode and just your character. It's so fun to get behind the scenes stories and your perspective on the show and everything in general. Yeah, my pleasure. You guys are awesome to talk to. And I love that you actually love and watch the show. It means a lot. You guys are awesome. Oh, yeah. thanks, man. Our pleasure. Yes. Um, now, Tim, if people don't already follow you online, where can they find you? Uh, I am on Instagram and Twitter, and I am uh, the real Tim Rosan. Nice. Uh, and then I realized, James, we have to give a real quick prediction because we're at our end of time. Do you have anything that you're thinking of for next week's episode? Um. Getting a new form of transportation. Uh, that's what I'm figuring out we're, we're going to do. I don't know if this, if our goal of meeting Zevelin is done. I don't know. I don't know. I think this is going to be the first prediction I genuinely don't know because all of the goals that we've set have been accomplished in a sense or fizzled out. So I, I don't know. Um, so my, my quick answer is we're going to create a new family. And I don't know who's going to be in the family because there is family drama. So we'll, we'll see what happens in the next episode. Nice. I'm looking forward to seeing our grumpy crew in this happy planet because I feel that could either go really dark or really funny. And I hope it's going to be fun because this episode was a bit heavy in a good way. So I think it'll be very interesting to see how they all react to this new environment and hopefully we'll bond them all and make it stronger together. All right. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching and tuning in. James, where can they find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Terrell James Maple, on Twitter at James Maple Actor, and all over AfterBuzz TV. I do the after show for Vagrant Queen, obviously, for Reno 911, and I am a writer for them as well. So look out for articles weekly from your boy. Yay! And my <laughs> name is Carrie Lane. You can find me online at Carrie D Lane. That's K A R I D L A N E. 
And if you're a fan of anime, we have the uh, Demon Slayer after show coming on later this evening. We're covering episodes three and four. So it's a really fun show. If you haven't watched it, you've got time to catch up. And again, thank you so much to everybody who joined us in the live chat. And if you're watching it later, please comment down below your thoughts on the episode. Give it a thumbs up and share with people. Let people know that there's an after show for Vagrant Queen because we all love this show and we all love talking about it. So let's spread the love. All right. Thanks again, Tim. And thank you, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.